0: Next on BYU Sports Nation, defining an upset. Two ESPN college football analysts have already picked BYU over Nebraska. How about you?
1: The voice of Nebraska football, Greg Sharp, joins us from Lincoln. What's the biggest weakness on the Cornhusker football team? Plus,
0: Nebraska insider Chris Schmidt returns and Michelle murphy Vasconcelos of ninth-ranked BYU women's soccer. Hashtag beat the youths. Let's go. This is
2: BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan.
0: BYU Sports Nation live in Radio Vision, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere, Thursday, September 3rd, wherever. However, you are dialed in, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with the man who rivals Clay Matthews for best football helmet hair, Jerem Jordan.
1: In a BYU TV standard, maybe. Although I'm not Jeremy with the huge mustache, you know what I'm saying? On to more important
0: things. <laughs> College football is back! Yes. Yes! It's very Welcome ex- back, old friend. It's very
1: exciting. I, it hasn't set in that it's back tonight at uh, 8.30 Eastern when I'm watching FS1 and I'm watching Michigan play Utah. That's when it will really kick in. I don't know that I'm going to hit up North Carolina, South Carolina today. Meh. TCU of Minnesota, I'm going to see if Minnesota can hang with the Horned Frogs. What do they do? What's the little symbol they do with their hands? You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I can't really do it. The radio listeners like, I It's like, like the hook no of horns, idea. but with what your you're...
0: fingers kind of yeah. down. Football, down, baby.
1: Tomorrow, Boise State plays Washington, by the way. And we'll be at the uh, BYU store. Uh, we're going to be live there, noon Eastern. If you're local, come hang out. If not, uh, stay on Twitter. We'll uh, be at The BYU store is going to hand out surprises. It's going to be awesome. So We all always talk about Nebraska. Boise State's coming next week, Spencer, to Nine days. LaBelle
0: Edwards Stadium. Nine days. Nine days away. From the home opener against Boise State. Real discussion point here. We considered coming in pajamas
1: today. That was a serious conversation. Like, it's Christmas Day. Wake up. Hair disheveled. Mine already is. I came ready to go. What'd you do? <laughs> you wore a polo. This is like a like, champ.
0: This is like Christmas. I have to do an interview with Bronco
1: Mendenhall later today. So,
0: You have to? Yeah. Well, sorry. I get to yeah. do an interview yeah. with Bronco Mendenhall. It's for the Mendenhall. pregame show,
1: baby. 2.30 Eastern, Saturday. And I enjoy Saturday. it.
0: And all honesty, i love I love sitting down with Bronco Mendenhall and uh, picking his have brain. We,
1: have we graduated from the candy questions with him, by the way?
0: Yes, we have graduated from the candy thank, questions. Thank goodness. But we have not graduated from the expectation of me taking him something as the green room snack guy every time I do an interview with him.
1: What? It, what... What is he, royalty? You need to bring I, it, something to the throne? It's a tradition. <laughs> Unlike it's a any tradition. other? Some traditions stink. I'm not going to argue with that, but I don't think this is one of them. It stinks.
0: It doesn't affect you at all. Why do you care?
1: Don't take him some and see what happens.
0: <laughs> no! He's, he's told us <laughs> that depending on the, the, the quality of the offering is how good of an interview he will give me.
1: I do want to mention this. Um... This went out in the season ticket booklets, but some alternate uniforms this year. Okay. There's been a question about this. I can tell you this. For Boise State, it's a whiteout. Yes. Alternate uniforms, wideout for Boise State. Wear white. Okay. And I'm talking uniforms, too. And then for the homecoming game against East Carolina... Royal Tops on White Bottoms. Yes, for the love of
0: all that is good, thank you for going with the Royal Tops and the White Bottoms. So there
1: you go, alternate units.
0: Here are the rest of today's BYU Sports Nation headlines as we have just chronicled. College football at the FBS level begins today. Five different BYU opponents will play on this Thursday. Notably, Utah hosting Michigan. Utah State plays. Connecticut, San Jose State, and Fresno State also in action.
1: Senior linebacker Jeremiah leuta Duyer says he is, the starting, he is a starting inside linebacker with Austin Heater against Nebraska. Cougars That's a little different than the depth chart In the minor
0: leagues, yeah, some baseball news. Mobile Bay Bears closer Adam Miller struck out four in an inning and two-thirds. That means four of his five outs pitched were strikeouts. Well done. Ten to six victory for Adam and his team yesterday.
1: And SB Nation produced an underdog poll in college football. is number three on the list. The Cougars play three of the top five teams. Boise State next week, Cincinnati, and Utah State. Underdog or not, rise and shout.
0: It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Upset City! Oh! In the last 48 hours, two different ESPN college football analysts have picked BYU as their upset special this Saturday. Lead college football analyst Kirk Herbstreet signed off on the Kooks to beat Nebraska in Lincoln. And then yesterday afternoon, our good friend Trevor Madich called BYU over Nebraska as his big upset pick. So let's review the line for Saturday's game with our stat of the day.
1: It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Seven. Nebraska is a seven point favorite versus BYU. Right now, BYU listed as a seven
0: point underdog. So I get it. Technically speaking, yes, it would 100% be an upset. But would it feel like an upset?
1: And that brings us to our Twitter question. Would you consider a win for BYU over Nebraska? An upset. Use the hashtag BYUSN at Big Ben Ellis. Yes, only because it's at Nebraska and they haven't lost a game in a gazillion years. 29, to be exact. And that's a fact. Saw it on the interweb. Yes, that is a fact. At what is it? D- B- dope mup. Dope them up. Dope them up. Thank you. According to Vegas, it would be, but it is a game BYU should win. How now, many BYU fans, the question. How many okay? BYU
0: fans feel that way?
1: A game BYU should win? I don't, I don't think BYU should win. E- expect to win versus should, should, BYU, should an 8-win BYU team go into a 9-win Nebraska on the road and win? J- okay, just that. Don't tell me anything else. No. But when you tell me Taysom Hill is back and healthy... Taysom Hill hasn't lost a game since the 2013 Fight Hunger Bowl. How about that? When he's played the whole game, okay? It's been a little. I know Utah's it. Well, you he gets hurt. Who knows, right? It's been a, Taysom Hill to help BYU fans feel really confident. Nebraska has a brand new head coach, new offense, new play. BYU knows what that's like. You put in new head coach, sometimes it's tough. Bronco Mendenhall struggled in his first game. He played Boston College. Gary Croton played Tulane. They put up 70. That was a different kind of situation, I guess. I look at this game and go, would it be an upset? Yes, because the line's seven, and it's Nebraska. Don't forget the tradition, history, and it's not like they've been bad. They won nine-plus the last seven years. Nine-plus. They're ranked every year at some point. They compete in the Big Ten. It would be an upset. I think because BYU fans are looking at Taysom as the quarterback
0: who was 4-0 and last year, that's kind of why it's like, oh, yeah, well, we did it to Texas. So let's look at that for just a moment. BYU's win over Texas last year, at about the same time, was technically an upset. Texas was ranked 25th. How many of you have forgotten that?
1: that well, that's a joke. What ne- is Texas do? What, is te- what did Texas do to deserve that? But it was an upset.
0: The timeliness of it made the nation view it as an upset because it was Texas, ranked Texas.
1: And, Spencer, it's about when you play the game, too. It's not after the fact. When you looked at it after the fact and BYU was 4-0 and ranked 18th, yes, yes, that's later. It's at the time of the game was that an upset.
0: And I didn't feel like it. I didn't feel like it going into the game. If BYU won that game, it would be considered this huge upset. I think the line was like one. I think it was one.
1: Yeah, not huge. An upset, sure. like. Huge upset, you know, BYU beats Miami, BYU beats Oklahoma. Even then, BYU is ranked in both of those games. It's not like BYU was this terrible team. BYU was in the top 20 in both of those situations.
0: Nebraska, in contrast to Texas, feels different to me. Even though they're similar to Texas on a number of fronts. You look at the first year head coach, Midwest
1: Power, Crazy stadium, well, national power for a long time. Tradition. Right? There's, there's the, tra- the you, you pending know, suspensions for crying out loud. It's like the same both.
0: situation
1: for both. It's it's interesting. I I will see it as an upset. I don't see it as a big one. I think that they're in uh, a similar league together. Neither are comp- really competing for the playoff. You know what I mean? BYU hoping to be f- to finish ranked. Nebraska hoping to contend in the Big Ten West.
0: Nebraska's won 29 straight openers. That's a lot. And it matters. The fact that Nebraska has won nine or more in seven straight years, That's they're amazing. in a way better place than Texas was last year because of the recent history. So, yes, it would be an upset. I don't know if but it's I'd not call a big it a one. big upset. No. But it's an upset because of all of the circumstances.
1: Nebraska's supposed to win the game. They're playing a non-P5, not named Boise State, at home. They should win that game every time. How much would
0: Nebraska fans... Look at this, if BYU won, as an upset. Chris Schmidt of Hale Varsity will join us in about seven minutes. This is what he told us the last time he came on the show about the feeling from Nebraska fans just a few weeks ago.
3: Uh, Frightened, okay? (laughs) They are (laughs) frightened about BYU. BYU's been a giant killer uh, to open up the season. You rocked Texas not long ago. You beat up Sam Bradford. You don't want to open with BYU.
0: So if BYU beats Nebraska, and their fans truly are frightened collectively... Maybe they're frightened of
1: an upset. That's the question, right? If you win 29 in a row at home, or sorry, to open the season, you're probably not playing a ton of great teams in that. And remember... There was a time where Nebraska was competing for national championships for a long time, right? For a long time, and so the standards high at Nebraska. They want to get back to that. It's a non-power five team. What? Yeah, BYU's not in a power five. Not named Boise State. Nebraska should win that game. They, no, sh- pa- they should. If I'm a Nebraska fan, I go. We should win this game. But I'm nervous about it because I know that BYU's a good program. They went. They've you know they're respectable. Uh, they have a. Really good quarterback coming in here. They've beaten up Texas the last two years. They beat Oklahoma recently. Yeah, yeah, I'd be frightened too.
0: We also have the voice of Nebraska football, Greg Sharp, coming up at the bottom of the hour. We will ask him, when was the last time Nebraska felt nervous about a season opener? That will be discussed on today's show. For the record, I would prefer that BYU be the underdog. I like that role.
1: In the beginning. Later, yeah, later you want to be the big dog. Because you prove yourself, and then you get to a place, right? Boise State has emerged to not be an underdog in hardly any situation.
0: Whether or not you and I feel like this would be a big upset, because Nebraska is the team that they are, and they have the recent success, and they are a traditional powerhouse, BYU over the Cornhuskers would feel like a big upset to most of the nation because of those factors, and that's a good thing for BYU. Because if it feels big... To most common college football fans and analysts across the country, BYU will get more attention. Just like they did last year after destroying Texas 41-7.
1: to I don't know that it would be perceived as a big upset. Just an upset. A big upset is like Minnesota over TCU. Well, it's like, one what?
0: ESPN analyst already called it his big upset pick. Big? That's too much. It's not big. Is it, though? For us, yeah. For us, we've determined why it's not that big.
1: That one guy says big, yeah. I I don't think nationally like everyone's going to be like, that was a really big upset. Nebraska's not ranked.
0: They're not ranked. It's Nebraska. It's Nebraska. The name brand carries quality with it. So, my point is, and you can disagree with me, and to a point you obviously do, but it will benefit BYU beating a name brand like Nebraska because they'll be thrust back into that non-P5 darling spotlight once again. Absolutely. No argument there. The question now is, Jerem, what will BYU be considered? What will they indeed be considered after the opener in Lincoln, Nebraska?
1: Countdown to the Cornhuskers. Two days away. Two days. We have fought the long Green Mile road to get to this point. It almost feels fake. I'm exhausted. I feel like I've never run a marathon. I feel like we're at the end of it, and I'm like, let's just play. Let's just play. I'm so tired. It almost (laughs)
0: feels fake. Like, two days away. Really? BYU's going to play a game in two days?
1: Like, I, the, for some reason, I'm not, like, crazy excited. I think I will be later. But maybe it's because I'm thinking of all the production stuff (laughs) I still have to do on the pregame show right now. And I'm like... Oh my gosh, I'm kind of stressed. It'll, it's going to be great. 2.30 Eastern Saturday.
0: Hashtag producer probs. Yeah. Jerem is the mastermind behind Countdown to Kickoff, people. Respect e-
1: it. Team effort, bro.
0: The conversation happening right now on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUSN and join BYU Sports Nation. Would you consider a BYU win over Nebraska and upset? Let's go to the Twitter machine. It's Twitter time. At Twiggy or Stone. Not for the first game of the year. There is still a lot to prove. We really do not know how good Nebraska will
1: be. Nor do we know how good BYU will be. You know that's the fun part about this, and it, it's it's fun. It's fun that Nebraska fired you know Bo Pelini because if they had Bo Pelini, I'd be more nervous about the game. Instead, there's a shakeup and there's more variable for a negative result than there is for a, a huge positive advantage result. BYU in advantage that aspect. BYU yeah.
0: At Ryan Fryden. I love this. He answers the question with... Frieden. No. him
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Coming that's, up... That's how people feel, man. Nebraska insider Chris Schmidt of Hale Varsity returns to the show. How does he think Nebraska fans would consider BYU winning as an upset? BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Simulcast on BYU Radio, moving pictures on BYU TV. As previously noted, the conversation happening right now on Twitter, follow us at BYU Sports Nation and join the conversation using the hashtag BYUSN.
1: Watch live, 2.30 Eastern time, Saturday, BYU and Nebraska, the pregame show live right here on BYU TV. It's called Countdown to Kickoff. Live from Lincoln, Dave and Blaine will be there. Spencer... Brian Logan, Michael Lisa, David Nixon will be here in Provo. We'll get you set. Live hits from Lincoln will be fantastic. You can watch the boys warm up 2.30 Eastern time. If you are local and you want to come, be in the audience for that. And watch the game on a 27-foot screen. And get free pizza and cookies at halftime. That sounds amazing. I'll probably be out there myself. Come to the building, broadcast building, east of the Merritt Center. Come hang out. Bring your friends. Eight and up. Would
0: you consider BYU a BYU win over Nebraska an upset. That is our Twitter question today. At JV Fiso says, yes, and it's an upset BYU needs to win. All this hype
1: talk is over. Time to prove your skills on the field. Maybe that's why I'm a little, maybe that's why I'm so tired. We've just, we just you know, all year we discuss, we analyze, we predict, we speculate, we, right? It's, it's fun that we're actually going to see football played, have results, and then can break that down. Joining BYU Sports
0: Nation right now is Chris Schmidt of HaleVarsity.com on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline. Chris, welcome back to BYU Sports Nation.
3: Guys, thanks for having me back. How are you?
0: We are fantastic. Let's start with uh, a version of our Twitter question today. How much would Nebraska fans consider, if it turns out this way, a BYU win on Saturday as an upset?
3: I think it'd be considered a mild upset when you look at the folks over in Vegas. They have Nebraska as a favorite. It's a home game for Nebraska. It's a season opener. Historically speaking, it's been 29 years and counting since Nebraska's lost an opener. They don't lose openers. So if they were to drop one, yeah, it'd be an upset. Uh, And you look at, at the team coming in with BYU, you've proven you can go beat teams to start the year wouldn't be that surprising, but it'd still qualify as, as an upset.
1: What do fans expect and how the game plays out on Saturday?
3: It's up in the air. That's a great question because no one's completely sure how, how it's going to roll. Uh, will Nebraska's offense be able to, to be efficient? Will they make some big plays? Will they hang on to the football defensively? Nebraska's defensive line is the strength, and they – Hang four quarters against a good BYU offensive line, and then there's Taysom Hill. is as great as he is. He's a big-time X-factor and difference maker. Can you contain him? Can you keep him from making enough big plays to beat you? Those are all concerns. Those are all thoughts. And uh, I think Nebraska fans want to see a, a physical game, a hard-fought game, and a, and a clean football game to, to start the year and, and let the chips fall where they fall.
1: But would competitive be good enough? Does Nebraska need to win this first game, or is there I, going to be an uproar?
3: They, they need to win the first game, absolutely. Uh, competitive is kind of taken for granted. They, they need to win. Uh, there's still the, the bar of, of of nine wins. There's still the bar of, of being in the conversation, at least in, in the, the Big Ten West. And then when it comes to defending home field and big-time opponents, Nebraska needs to get back and continue to be strong against uh, high-profile opponents in Memorial Stadium. Yeah, uh, it's, they got to play well, but the win needs to go along with that.
0: When you look at the pressure that Mike Riley feels, and he has embraced it, his staff has embraced it, they know what has been done, nine wins or more over the last seven years. How many wins does Mike Riley have to pick up in his first year with the turnover and with the transition state for this to be considered a successful season in Lincoln?
3: You know, success is is different to, to the viewpoint, the eye of the beholder type thing. And I success is, is going to be how you play and you, you play football at a high level. Uh, wins come along with that. It's not melting down defensively. It's not turning the football over constantly. It's not folding in tight football games. What I mean by folding, it's unable to get momentum back And respond Uh, you can have a successful year nine wins high-profile wins all those things need to happen for Nebraska but if you're shy of that nine win number if you're at eight wins if you're at seven wins some fans just want a guy to to represent the program in a classy manner Uh, coach Riley will do that Uh, so they're happy with the change in that aspect but you got to win you got to win big games and uh, if you fall short of nine how did you fall short of nine? Is it field goal? Is it touchdown? Is it twenty-one points at home uh, in the fourth quarter? I mean, how, how bad were the losses? Were you outclassed? Were you sloppy? Or did you just get beat by a better football team?
1: And that, and Chris, that's where that competitive words come, comes up. Like you mentioned, if if you do happen to lose, were you you know were you in that game? I look at Nebraska, and obviously it's game one, so you look at last year as the indicator of what you think you might get this year. Do Nebraska fans expect this year's team to be as good as last year's teams, despite Noam, Amir Abdullah, Kenny Bell, Randy Gregory, Zaire Anderson? Those are some big guys that are gone.
3: You just kind of listed off some, some big-time contributors and, and, and some, some real greats for Nebraska. The expectation for Nebraska is, well, just kind of reload. You're Nebraska, so next guy up, the next all-conference guy, the next all-American, the next stud lineman. They should be in the works, and it'll be tough to replicate because of, of how special Amir Abdullah was. It'll be tough to to replicate what you can do on the defensive side of the ball because you don't have a Randy Gregory and a Malik Collins. You still have Malik, but it's his show now on that defensive line. Uh, despite the losses of key personnel, the, the expectation and uh, that that want is, is to still be right in the thick of things and be – be challenging for a conference championship
0: Chris Schmidt the host of Hale Varsity Radio on ESPN and Lincoln joining BYU Sports Nation right now Chris when you look at the Nebraska quarterback Tommy Armstrong what is the status of him coming out of fall camp are the expectations higher I know there's been some criticisms of his ability to throw the ball consistently what what is Tommy, Tommy Armstrong right now
3: Tommy's an improved quarterback, and it's been a, a work in progress since camp started. Uh, it was kind of up and down to the last couple of weeks of, of showing market improvement by by Tommy Armstrong. That's been highlighted and, and underlined by Coach Langsdorf, by Coach Riley, and his his accuracy has improved. He's gotten better throwing the ball. It's gotten it's gotten from a an inconsistent level to more of a consistent level where towards the end of one of the scrimmages I mean the quarterbacks is a group and this includes Tommy taking most all of the one the first team reps hitting you know around 60 62% so uh, he has shown the ability to kind of have the game slow down a bit and and mesh well with coach Langsdorf and what they're asking Nebraska's I think done a great job of of being selective in, in finding things Tommy's gotten comfortable with and he'll be able to go execute he'll need to be good downfield. that's always kind of been a strength of his the deep ball but from an intermediate standpoint that looked to be more crisp more consistent and he's come around as a thrower is it still his his fastball so to speak no it's him running the football but I think with play action with being able to use his legs to roll out and then find guys from that hash to sideline, uh, it's gotten much better.
1: Where do you think Taysom Hill affects the Nebraska defense the most?
3: Oh, wow. Everywhere. <laughs> that's a, that's a big, <laughs> big answer. But, I mean, just watching Taysom and, and knowing what he's been able to do and then doing some research on where he was pre-injury in, in the landscape of college football quarterbacks, the guy's amazing. Uh, from a running standpoint, you look at what he did in 2013 as a rusher and a thrower, uh, you'll probably verify this. He's gotten better as a thrower, and just the either the extension of plays, or the the assignment breaking he can cause, is what's going to be the challenge. Because at the back end, uh, you have the secondary that's got to stay with receivers. You have that dual threat ability with Hill to get out of the pocket, if it breaks down, and then it's it's one on one time. Plus he's huge and he's fast and he's hard to tackle. So. He can stress Nebraska from a contained standpoint. He can stress Nebraska from a ground standpoint. And he can stress Nebraska with the play action and, and hitting some big plays downfield. I think, I think all of those facets are going to be big concerns. It's a tall, tall order. It's, it's winning several battles against Hill, and it'll come down to some situational football, making a play on third down, making a play in the red zone defensively for Nebraska, maybe causing a turnover, I think.
0: Chris Schmidt of Hale Varsity Radio has covered Nebraska since 1998. We talked to Coach Riley yesterday, obviously very generous guy, one of the good guys in college football. He, without hesitation, said that he feels most secure and confident about his lines on this Nebraska team. You've already mentioned the defensive line, but what about the biggest weakness? Where is that for the Cornhusker football program in 2015?
3: Defensive line first, then
0: offensive line. Correct. In terms of strength, but then then the weakness. What is the weakness?
3: I think if you're going to look at a weakness for the the lines of scrimmage for Nebraska, and the, the term weakness is kind of pointed. You don't know. There's some unknown there. I think the weakness from a, from a line standpoint is: Are you going to be able to get a pass rush from your defensive ends? Uh, that's that's a, a question mark for Nebraska. You have. Uh, two talented defensive ends, Jack Gangwish uh, and uh, Greg McMullen. You have some guys uh, behind them that haven't seen a lot of action. Both Gangwish and McMullen have started. Can they get after the quarterback? Uh, you feel pretty good about them setting the edge in the run game. Are they uh, a pass rusher of the caliber of caliber Randy Gregory? No. So can you get pressure on the quarterback off the edge, or are you going to be forced to blitz uh, from the outside? That's that's the question, Mark, Is is pass rush for Nebraska – off the edge from that defensive end spot.
1: BYU is excited about a pair of 6'5", 6'6", receivers that they feel are number one types, Mitch Matthews uh, and then Nick Kurtz, who is a J.C. transfer, heavily recruited by uh, Texas Tech, uh, among others. Uh, What's the cornerback and safety situation uh, with Nebraska that will try to defend these guys?
3: You have some very talented corners for Nebraska. Joshua Kalew is uh, a guy who's earned a black shirt. He is... Seen some time, three career starts at one of the quarter spots. Daniel Davey is the other quarter. He is pretty tall and lanky as well. So Nebraska has good height and size and length when it comes to, to trying to match up against your Twin Towers. Uh, they are excited about the opportunity to go one-on-one. From a safety standpoint, uh, Byerson Cockrell is Nebraska's safety. And then you've probably heard of Nate Gary. Gary is a junior, a captain. He is just incredible when it comes to closing speed, when it comes to baiting quarterbacks, when it comes to ball hawking and interceptions, and then thundering down and making tackles in the box as well. Both Nebraska safeties with Nate Gary and Cockrell are very talented. Uh, Gary is all conference level. Davey doesn't get a lot of notoriety yet, but he he made all 13 starts last year, and uh, he's feeling uh, extremely confident about his ability. He loves the challenge. So Uh, You're back four altogether. Athletic, lanky, talented, and uh, they're good at tackling in space. That's been an emphasis by Coach Stewart, and it's led by Nate Gary.
1: Chris, how does one earn a black shirt?
3: That's a great question. It's a tradition that that started with Bob Devaney and uh, the top unit defense. If you do the right things, the right things being your leader, your uh, extremely focused and worthy on and off the field, and you're you're seen as number one, number one at your position, number one at your group. Uh, you are awarded the black shirt. It's 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 pretty sacred, um, and uh, we are lucky enough to to be in contact with Coach Charlie McBride, Nebraska's former defensive coordinator, who's you know, the the black shirt godfather. Uh, every every Monday to start uh, game week is when. Traditionally, he would hand out black shirts. He's been consulted on it. They kind of brought that back. It was up and down with the consistency of it from Coach Politi in his era. But a black shirt is it signifies you are the top unit of the Nebraska football defense. You're the, uh, a part of a greater fraternity of players that have come before you, and you represent those before you and uh, you hold a standard up to those coming after you with that black shirt.
0: Fantastic stuff. Chris Schmidt of Hale Varsity Radio. Thanks, Chris, again for the time, and we'll uh, look forward to a good game on Saturday.
3: Guys, take care, enjoy your trip, and thanks for a few minutes.
0: Chris Schmidt of HaleVarsity.com on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your
1: financial future. Interesting about the black shirts. For those unaware, that's kind of the nickname of the defense, right, the black shirts. But there's an actual black shirt that you can earn. I like that. BYU doesn't have a, that situation. Kind of everyone gets the Band of Brothers shirt. A lot of them wear it underneath their pads. That's cool.
0: And for a while, the black shirts were kind of poked fun at because they hadn't been performing as well as they had been. Up next, we talk to the voice of Cornhusker football, Greg Sharp. What's the greatest weakness and strength of this year's team? BYU Sports Station brought to you in part by the Cougar Club, supporting BYU's
1: 623 student-athletes. Welcome to the club. Big women's soccer game. Tomorrow night, Friday night, 9 p.m. Eastern time, ninth-ranked BYU against Utah, the Deseret Duel, live on BYU-TV. Check it out tomorrow night, 9 Eastern. Let's refresh today's
0: SN headlines. College football begins today. Five different BYU opponents play on this Thursday, notably Utah hosting Michigan and the Harbaugh's. Utah State, Connecticut, (laughs) San Jose State, and Fresno State also
1: in action tonight. I just smiled without controlling it because I'm that happy inside about college football today. Senior linebacker Jeremiah leota Duyer says he's he's starting an inside linebacker with Austin Heater against Nebraska.
0: Some baseball updates from Cougars and the Miners. The Mobile Bay Bears closer. Adam Miller struck out four in an inning in two-thirds and two-thirds in a 10-6 victory yesterday.
1: And SB Nation produced an underdog poll in college football. BYU number three on that list. And the Cougars play three of the five teams on the list. Boise State, Cincinnati, and Utah State.
0: Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline is the voice of Nebraska football, Greg Sharp. Greg, welcome to BYU Sports Nation.
1: Guys, it's
2: my pleasure to be with you today.
0: We've heard Memorial Stadium is the third-largest city in all of Nebraska on game day. What will BYU players experience in that season-opener environment?
2: Well, I think they're going to enjoy themselves. It is a sea of red. I mean, everybody shows up wearing their red. It's an impressive sight, it's, and I've been an awful lot of places around the country. It's one of the great cathedrals of college football, and I think they're going to really enjoy their experience. Oscar fans are very accommodating. They normally uh, salute and cheer the, uh, the opposing teams as they come on off the field. So I think they're going to really enjoy the atmosphere they'll see against the Huskers.
1: BYU fans expect the Cougars to go into Lincoln and compete and possibly win. Uh, what do Nebraska fans expect in Game 1 under Mike Riley against BYU.
2: A lot of uncertainty. I mean, there's so many different things when you change coaches, you different philosophies on both sides of the ball. So I think there's a lot of people that are nervous about this game. They have respect for BYU. They know this will be a very competitive game. They know that with a, Taysom, a healthy Taysom Hill at quarterback, that the Cougars are a very formidable opponent. The one thing that Nebraska fans are nervous about, they have won their last 29 season openers. They don't want to have it get spoiled on Saturday by BYU. So they're nervous, anxious, but certainly excited about the start of the year.
0: How much does that season opening win streak matter to not just the fans, but to Nebraska football?
2: Nebraska football has always been proud of their streaks, their consecutive sellout streak. They had a long-running consecutive bowl streak. Uh, So they love to talk streaks, so absolutely. It's been front and center that this will be a challenge. It'll be the toughest opener Nebraska's played in a dozen years You'd have to go back to the start of the 2003 campaign for Nebraska when they actually played a conference game to open the year up with Oklahoma State. Uh, that would be the, the next time, the most recent time, Nebraska's played a very formidable foe like BYU for Saturday.
1: This isn't the first time you've called the BYU game. We learned that you called the uh, Cotton Bowl for Kansas State uh, back in 97, uh, January 1st there. What was that experience like in that you know, epic uh, game between BYU and Kansas State?
2: It was a tremendous football game. Kansas State had a wide receiver by the name of Kevin Lockett. Oh yeah, who went up to went up to catch a pass, but his foot came down just out of bounds on the back of the end zone. It would have won the game at the end. It was a great game, back and forth, two really good football teams, tremendously coached by Bill Snyder and Lavelle Edwards. Love doing that. I actually called some BYU baseball this past year, where the Huskers played BYU down in Peoria, Arizona, back in February. So I've done some recent Cougar events.
0: Greg Sharp, the voice of Nebraska football and part-time voice of BYU Athletics as well. Is that fair, <laughs> Mike?
2: <laughs> well, it's a, that's probably a bit of a stretch. Yeah.
0: <laughs> You've been there for eight years calling Nebraska football, and in that span, nine wins or more has become the regular for Nebraska. So when you look at what Mike Riley is expected to do in year one after Bopolini won nine games, what would be considered acceptable? for Mike Riley in his first year in terms of wins?
2: Yeah, and, and that's been a question we've banded around the state all off season. And, and, and I think, you know, it, is it nine? A lot of people would say absolutely. That's that's the standard. That's the bar that was set, and that was one of the reasons that, that Bo Pliny's no longer here. He couldn't seem to kind of bust over the top of that and get to a, win a conference championship game. But you have others that say, well, you're changing systems. It's going to take a little bit of time to go through the transition. So it, it, I think it would depend on which – fan you pull to the side and ask that question, in my mind, it's got to be kind of right around that nine-win range for you to kind of continue on, or, or it could certainly be viewed as a step backwards. So there's a little bit of no, No, not a little. There's a lot of pressure on Mike Grotta and the staff. They know it. They've embraced it. They understand what they've inherited, which is a pretty good football team that has a, a consistent record of winning quite a few games each and every year.
1: We're hearing different things related to Tommy Armstrong and the pro style offense. Uh, can he can he be the guy right away in the pro style offense that makes it work for Nebraska?
2: Well, I think you'll yeah you'll definitely see pro style offense, but I think you'll also still see some zone reads and some of those things that allow Tommy to use his mobility. Mike Riley has said really from day one when he got the job that he's not going to try to put a, a round peg into a square hole. He's going to mix and match his playbook to the talents that he has, and he has. He's inherited a group of quarterbacks who all run pretty well, so he's going to put some some parts of that into his playbook. He does love to throw the football, and Tommy's, a, Tommy's got a very good arm. It needs to be more accurate than it's been his first two years in, in Lincoln, but I think he certainly can fit the system that Mike Riley wants to run, And you know, but we'll certainly start getting those answers beginning on Saturday.
0: We talked to Coach Riley yesterday and asked him what he's most secure or confident with in terms of personnel on this year's Nebraska football team, and he said, without hesitation, the lines, both the offensive and the defensive lines. How do you see the strength of this Nebraska team?
2: Well, there's no question the defensive front's really good. It's it's a solid four. There's two tackles in the middle, and Malik Collins, and Vincent Valentine, particularly Collins, who's looked at as a first-round draft pick in the NFL. Those are those may be the two best football players on this team. The offensive line—they really like the depth. It took them a while to identify the five that they're going to trot out there on Saturday, but they like the depth. I'm a little nervous that those that group hasn't worked together very long, and so how how quickly do they cohesion, and how quickly do they? Understand each other and the communication that you have on that group up front. I think by mid to late season, that offensive line can be a real strength for this team. But I don't know if there's any question the defensive front is the key to Nebraska, and I think really one of the keys to this game. How can BYU with their offensive front can they contain and block that front four Nebraska?
1: Where do you see some vulnerability?
2: Well, I think the secondary's got some questions. I think the linebacking core is very inexperienced for Nebraska. That's why that defensive front is so key, those two areas for Nebraska. And and Nebraska, which has been spoiled the last seven or eight years, with knowing exactly who their top tailback is, they don't know. And then they've got four or five guys that they may rotate throughout the game on Saturday. Uh, That makes me queasy. I would rather know that I've got one guy I can count on when I've got to get four or five yards here or there to – keep a series alive to run clock whatever it may be. So to me, they need to figure out in these first couple of games who that uh, who that i-back's going to be.
0: Greg, I'm guessing at some point in your game preparation, you have come across the name Taysom Hill, the quarterback for BYU. What do you think of him first of all and what do Nebraska fans think about Taysom Hill and what he's capable
2: of? tremendous respect. I think he's one of the top ten quarterbacks in the country, and all you have to do is go back and look at BYU's offense and the production, how it dropped off when he got hurt last year. And I think they were really set up to have a special season a year ago until he got hurt in game five. Uh, I think he's, you know, Mike Roddy's compared him to Jake Locker. I don't know that I, I, don't know that I see that as much. I mean, who am I to tell it? Mike Rowley who's a much, much Valley and veteran head coach? But I just—I don't know that I quite see as much of Locker. I think Taysom's even more of a threat to run the ball than Locker was at Washington. I think he's a tremendous player, and I think he's—I think he's right out to that inner core of Heisman hopefuls as we start the season. I think he's probably in that next batch.
1: What are a couple of maybe keys to victory or scenarios you've maybe played out in your mind of how you think the game goes uh, on Saturday?
2: Well, I think which team gets a running game established. And I think, you know, with BYU and the injuries to the tailback spot for them, I think that's a bit of a concern. So, which team can find some rhythm in the running game offensively? Defensively, who can avoid giving up big plays? And I think that could be a theme of this game because I think you're going to see some both ways. But who limits the big plays has a great chance to walk off the field to win.
0: How have Nebraska fans embraced Mike Riley, who really was a surprise? I, from what I am hearing, he was kind of an off-the-radar guy. So have have they fully embraced him? If so, how?
2: Well, I, you can't help but like the guy. He, he's really one of the nicest men that I've ever been around in college sports, and he's really ingratiated himself within the fan base. I mean, they like what they hear from him. They like the tone that he brings to it. I mean in Nebraska football, if you have a demeanor that rivals a Tom Osborne, you've already kind of won the crowd over. And Mike Riley does that. Now, he's undefeated at this point in time. So everybody everybody likes an undefeated coach. This so <laughs> how will that change? But, you know, he he he, did, he there's nothing you cannot like about him. I like the way he teaches. I think this coaching staff has been together quite a while. A lot of them were at Oregon State with him. Uh, so he brought almost that entire group. So they kind of hit the ground running because they know each other. They know what to expect of each other. They know how to communicate kind of those, give me a look. I know I know what you mean by that look, and they do it. So there's just a lot to like about the continuity of the staff. And just you, you can't spend but two minutes with Mike Roddy and go, man, I really like that guy. So he's one of the fan base from that standpoint.
0: BYU at Nebraska, three thirty p.m. Eastern on ABC National. We are talking with Greg Sharp, the voice of Nebraska football and baseball. Greg, great to talk to you. Thanks for the insight, and uh, have a good call on Saturday.
2: Thank you, guys. Looking forward to seeing a lot of Cougar fans come to Lincoln.
0: There should be a shade of blue there, that's for sure. Greg Sharp on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. Twitter question today: Would you? <coughs> excuse me. Would you consider? A BYU win over Nebraska, an upset. Jeremy and I both think, yes, upset, but a big upset? Probably not.
1: No, not a big upset. I want to throw this into the mix, by the way. The starting uh, the starting fullback in Madden 16 for the Cardinals, this is from <laughs> at Blue Brethren, is Paul Lasique. How about that? Paul who just Lasique just had his second kid yesterday, by the way.
0: With the generous support of the Cougar Club, BYU's 623 student-athletes are role models, leaders, graduates, and champions. Be willing to help them succeed with your donation and welcome to the club. Ninth-ranked BYU women's soccer set the tone in Lincoln with a two-zip victory over Nebraska on Monday. Why BYU is still seeing red. Michelle Murphy Vasconcelos in Studio B next. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton, Jerem Jordan, live from Studio B. Remember, if you ever miss an episode of BYUSN Live, catch the rebroadcast weeknights on BYU TV starting at 6 p.m. Eastern.
1: And Tuesday night, 7.30 Eastern. Next week, 30 minutes of inside BYU football. It's going to be great. Tuesday night, 7.30 Eastern on BYU TV. You'll see the lead-up to Nebraska and what happened in Lincoln. It's going to be great.
0: Would you consider a BYU win over Nebraska an upset? Use the hashtag BYUSN. Joining us now... A lady who already took care of the Big Red in Lincoln earlier this week, Michelle Murphy-Vasconcelos of ninth-ranked BYU Women's Soccer. Michelle, welcome to Studio B.
4: Thank you. It's good to be here.
0: Okay, so you set the tone in Lincoln with that 2-0 victory. What was the atmosphere like in Lincoln uh, on Monday, five days away from a football game day?
4: Um, I feel like people were already getting really hyped about the game and just super energy. All of us were super bummed that we couldn't stay for the game, but... I guess just excited. I don't know.
1: And your consolation prize is playing Utah tomorrow, which yeah. we'll get to in a moment. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but setting the tone, uh, you know, for the week, for BYU, have you guys trash-talked to the football team at all? Like, listen, don't disappoint because we did it.
4: Yeah, I personally haven't, but I'm sure the other girls have. Um, that would be a huge win for us to come out. It would be really cool to win us on Monday and then have them win again. So,
0: What's been the biggest reason for the fast start this year in your mind?
4: I think the closeness of the team on and off the field—that's been a huge thing. We didn't really have to take time to mesh; it already we stepped on the field and just were able to come together. So that I think was a huge thing.
1: So do you have to beat Utah two nothing now? Since the first three games were two nothing,
4: at least two nothing. <laughs> at least two nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Wow.
0: Yeah. <laughs> okay. BYU, a top ten team, and Jerem razzed me about this this morning. This sets up the first ever regular season top 10 matchup in BYU women's soccer history going to Stanford on Monday. I know Utah's on Friday. I told him, don't even ask her about Stanford, I know Utah's on (laughs) Friday. But how difficult is it not to look ahead when you know that you're going to play against the number two team in the country?
4: Yeah, well, I had no idea that we jumped top 10, so that's really cool, but It's exciting. Like I think we really like the pressure of a top two team, and especially playing them at home. We were really disappointed not being able to play in Hawaii, but to go and play there at Stanford, I think, will be a really big step for us.
1: What's this season been like for you as you recovered from a a torn ACL and now actually get to play, and you scored a goal against Nebraska?
4: I think it's been a lot different in my confidence. Coming back last year, it was just hard because my knee still hurt, and I was just still kind of nervous of... I guess, getting injured again. So this year I just feel way healthier. My knee doesn't hurt, and I'm just ready to play.
0: Describe the goal you scored against Nebraska. Where was it? How did it happen?
4: It was kind of a weird goal, to be honest. Um, I think it was outside the 18. I just started going at my defender and then got around and took a shot. I didn't think it was going in, so I started to turn around and so I was like, dang it. And then as I turned back, it was going in. So honestly, <laughs> I really don't know, but I just hit it low near post, and it went in. I guess the keeper wasn't set or ready yet.
1: Um, so you got married to Pedro Vasconcelos, uh, one of my Brazilian homies. Yes. Uh, you discovered the men's soccer team. I love him. Yes. So now your last name is Vasconcelos. He's from Brazil. How's your Portuguese?
4: My Portuguese is terrible. I went to Brazil last December and would just sit there at like all his family stuff and just like, oi like all time. <laughs> the time to hello yeah to the vein is all i How could really you? say like, like talk on foamy like are I'm, you hungry yeah. i'm hungry that yeah. kind of stuff
1: and you have another version of that right
4: oh uh See, that's so. that's
1: good i'm dying of hunger yes that's pretty good that's next level that's yeah. pretty good that's well, not that bad michelle
4: that's yeah. all i need to yeah. know
1: it'll be that's all you need hey you're basically saying i need some <laughs> food yeah that's all you need Okay, for the soccer games, play-by-play play over here, Spencer. Does, does he need to say Michelle Murphy Vasconcelos? That's a mouthful. All year?
4: Every time, yeah, except for if you could get my first name, too, Jennifer Michelle Murphy Vasconcelos. Jennifer
1: Michelle your Murphy Vasconcelos. Yeah,
4: if you could get all four of those every single time.
1: Jennifer Rockwood, Michelle Murphy Vasconcelos. Hey, will you your family disown me there. if I just call you Murph?
4: <laughs> I think Murph would actually okay. be, yeah. Do you like Interstellar? Yes, I do.
1: Murph! <laughs> that's, what, that's what I would yell all game if I were you. Oh I goodness.
4: think there's, they do yell that a lot, just Murph. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's new. Usually it's like, shot by Murphy, but now it's just Murf! Murph every time. Yeah.
0: Okay. She said full I'll mail, go though. with that. Yeah. Jennifer, Michelle, Murphy, Vasconcelos. Mm-hmm. In referring. Studio Be on BYU Sports Nation. Good luck against Utah tomorrow. <laughs> Thank
4: you so much. Karma.
0: Game live on BYU karma. TV. We are going to now give you the BYU Sports Nation karma.
1: I think that probably means you're going to score a goal. Has she signed the flag? Has she signed,
0: signed the signed flag, that flag? Michelle?
4: No. You need Wait. to
0: sign now the flag during the, flag. the break as well. Yeah, I
4: don't think so. Okay.
0: That's going to happen up next. BYU football represent north of the border. And who called BYU a top five underdog in college football? BYU Sports Nation presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. I say whip it. It's time for the
2: Cougar Whiparound. Football.
1: Did I stutter? College football kicks off tonight with the headline game between Utah and Michigan. Connecticut, Utah State, San Jose State, and Fresno State are BYU opponents that also open their season tonight. Senior linebacker Jeremiah Leotadouier says he's the starting at inside linebacker with Austin Heater against Nebraska. SB Nation produced an
0: underdog poll in college football. BYU number three on that list. The Cougars play three of the five teams in that poll. Boise State, Cincinnati, and Utah State. USA Today, bowl projection for BYU. How about Cincinnati in the Hawaii Bowl? A rematch?
1: Nah. Baseball. Mobile Bay Bears closer Adam Miller struck out four and one and two-thirds. Pretty good. Four of the five strikeouts. for the five outs strikeouts in a 10-6 victory yesterday. Also, Taylor Cole went six and a third with a no decision. Gave up two runs in a 4-3 New Hampshire win over Portland. Or lost to Portland. Cougars and the CFL,
0: eh? The BC Lions play Montreal tonight, 7.30 Eastern on Watch, ESPN, Austin Colley, John Beck, maybe Cody Hoffman, all in action.
1: Cougars and the Association. Jennifer Hampson, Del A. Sparks play the Washington Mystics tonight, 10.30 Eastern on NBA TV. Future guests include ESPN's Chris Spielman, Brian Keel, Nate Austin, all at the
0: BYU store tomorrow. On location. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Health when you need it most. DexterLaw.com. Who gets it, Jerem?
1: I have no idea.
0: Who should we give the Rise and Shout to? We'll figure it out. Okay. How about the guy that sent in video of Jim Harbaugh in Michigan walking across Temple Square?
1: A little stalkerish, but it is 2015. <laughs> it happens. That guy gets it. <laughs>
0: Twitter question, would you consider BYU winning at Nebraska and upset at BYU LASF Jazz says this, <laughs> the only upsetting thing today is Spencer not being man enough to wear pajamas to work. Hey, come on. Go easy on them. Our elite tweet of the day comes from Larry the Cable Guy. At Get It done. Larry says, we got BYU this week, so... Really immerse myself in good sportsmanship. I'm wearing my N white button down and riding my bike to the game. Layer of the cable guy. He knows the missionaries. Thanks to all of our <laughs> guests. The show on demand, BYUSN.com. Download the podcast on iTunes. For Jeremy, I'm Spencer. Shout out to Jim free